We're going to be looking at a scripture in the second half of the Bible. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 5 through 10. Primera de Thessalonicenses, capítulo 1, versículos 5 al 10. Some page numbers there on the screen will indicate where you find that if you're using those Bibles in the back. So uh, I'm going to read this first in English. I'll read it then in Spanish. Voy a leer primero en inglés y después en español. And what we've been doing is we're, we're looking at each week here different aspects of what the church is about. Estamos mirando lo que son aspectos de la iglesia. We're seeking to, to make sense of church, as the Bible tells us. Queremos comprender mejor lo que es la iglesia. And so what we have here are words written by the early church leader Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so this is the word of God. This is the word of God speaking to our lives today. Son palabras de Pablo inspiradas del Espíritu Santo y son la palabra de Dios. So let's listen and take them to heart. Escuchemos. Paul writes, Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy, the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Nuestro evangelio les llegó no solo con palabras, sino también con poder, es decir, con el Espíritu Santo y con profunda convicción. Como bien saben, estuvimos entre ustedes buscando su bien. Ustedes se hicieron imitadores nuestros y del Señor cuando a pesar de mucho sufrimiento recibieron el mensaje con la alegría que infunde el Espíritu Santo. De esta manera se constituyeron en ejemplo para todos los creyentes de Macedonia y de Acaya. Partiendo de ustedes, el mensaje del Señor se ha proclamado no solo en Macedonia y en Acaya, sino en todo lugar. A tal punto se ha divulgado su fe en Dios que ya no es necesario que nosotros digamos nada. Ellos mismos cuentan de lo bien que ustedes nos recibieron y de cómo se convirtieron a Dios, dejando los ídolos para servir al Dios vivo y verdadero y esperar del cielo a Jesús, su Hijo a quien resucitó, que nos libra del castigo venidero. So, if you've ever been out camping, out in the woods or wherever, you know what it's like to take a pebble and to drop it into a, a quiet, peaceful pond. Si acá hay una piedra en un lago, sabes lo que vas a ver. What you get is called the ripple effect. Es el efecto ondulante que se ve. These little waves, right, that, that start to emanate out from the center where the, where the rock hits the pond. Son, son ondas que emanan desde el centro. That's the ripple effect. Now, the distance that those waves are going to travel when you drop that that rock depends on a couple of things. It depends on, first of all, the size of the rock, right? It also depends with, uh, upon the force that that rock 
gives when it hits the water. Depende de la fuerza que da también. So here's the principle. The bigger the rock, the bigger the force, the greater the impact, the farther out the waves travel. Entre más fuerza y más grande la roca, pues más allá van las ondas. And so this ripple effect is, is a, basically a law of nature, right? It, it's out there not just with pebbles and ponds, but we see that in effect with radio waves that hit the, wave, the air. You know, the more wattage behind the radio wave, the further out you're going to hear the radio signal. Así es con ondas de radio. It's that way with a bomb that hits the ground, a bomb that, that explodes. If it has greater force, it's going to send shock waves out. Así con bombas. That's the way it is. Even astronomers would tell us with black holes that push against the fabric of the universe and make an impact on everything around them. Así con hoyos negros. It's called the ripple effect, the the influence of the ripple effect depends on the size of the impact. La influencia del efecto ondulante depende del impacto que tiene. And that's not only true with radio waves and rocks and black holes and bombs. It's, it's that way with the message of Jesus Christ. Así con el mensaje de Cristo. And what we have here today in 1 Thessalonians are words from Paul where he is describing in effect the impact, the impact of the message of Jesus as it came to a group of people in an ancient Greek city called Thessalonica in, in Greece. Uh, escribe aquí Pablo el impacto de un mensaje, el mensaje de Jesús sobre los de Thessalonica. In verse 5, he says this, our gospel, our good news message about Jesus came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Nuestro evangelio les llegó no solo con palabras, sino también con poder, es decir, con el Espíritu Santo y con profunda convicción. So Paul's here describing how Jesus came to these people and how he affected them. Describe como Jesús afectó a estas personas. So Jesus came to them and it wasn't just like a little pebble. It was more like a a 32-ton boulder. It was more like a megaton atomic bomb. Jesús vino como una, un peñasco de 32 toneladas. The reality of Jesus, the rock, fell on these people, and it came not only with words, he says, but with spiritual power, with the person of God, the Holy Spirit being there, and also with conviction, cayó Jesús con poder, con palabras, con convicción, con el Espíritu Santo, a conviction of their sin, no doubt, a conviction of their past and their need to give that up, and a conviction of the reality of Jesus, that somehow they were having a real experience with this real person who raised from the dead. Tuvieron una experiencia de Jesús real. And not only that, Paul goes on to say that he and his companion Silas added to the impact. Pablo y Silas agregaron al impacto. At the end of verse 5, he says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. Como bien saben, estuvimos entre ustedes buscando su bien. You, people of Thessalonica, you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering You welcome the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Se hicieron ustedes imitadores nuestros y del Señor cuando a pesar de mucho sufrimiento recibieron el mensaje con la alegría que infunde el Espíritu Santo. So what Paul's basically saying here is, is we not only preached a message to you, we lived 
the message of Jesus among you. No solo predicamos, vivimos Jesús entre ustedes. And, and that had an impact on you as well. It added to the power, to the force of what we were bringing. Eso añadía. You became imitators of us. Not only that, you started imitating Jesus. Empezaron a imitar a Jesús. And in spite of all the junk you went through after that, in spite of severe suffering, opposition, problems, you kept your joy. You were filled with joy given by the Spirit because of the impact that Jesus had on you. A pesar del sufrimiento, estuvieron con gozo porque Jesús les había impactado. Now, we have to look at this and ask a question. What was the, the persecution that these people were going through? ¿Qué tipo de persecución sufrieron? Well, if we turn back in our Bibles just a little bit to Acts chapter 17, we have a good picture of what that persecution looked like. Hecho 17, there in uh, Acts 17 at the beginning, the first few verses, uh, Paul here, it, it describes how Paul came to this Greek city of Thessalonica and he came with his companion Silas and it says that they went first to the local Jewish synagogue. That's often what they did. Pablo y Silas fueron a la sinagoga judía en Thessalonica and they started preaching Jesus and it says a few Jews and a great number of God-fearing Greek people believed in Jew Jesus. Unos judíos y unos griegos que temían a Dios creían en Jesús. So there was a, a nucleus of a church beginning there. But not all the Jews believed. No todos los judíos cre creían. It says that some of them were jealous in verse 5. Algunos tenían envidia. And so what did they do? They got some bad characters together. They rounded up the local gangs and they started a riot. Fomentaron un alboroto con unos maleantes callejeros. And it, it became this thing that exploded. They then went to the house of a guy named Jason. Jason had uh, hosted Paul and Silas in his house. Fueron a casa de Jason que había recibido a Pablo y Silas. They dragged him before the authorities. They went after some other choice leaders, dragged them before the authorities, and they caused a big stink about the whole thing. Llevaron a Jason entre los oficiales, entre otros. It was not a pretty picture. But what we see here is something interesting. And when the message of Jesus comes, it not only affects believers. Jesus has an impact wherever he goes. Wherever Jesus shows up, he's not only going to touch people who believe, he's going to impact unbelievers. And here the unbelievers were impacted to the point that they rioted. They went nuts. Hasta los no creyentes fueron impactados hasta el punto de tener un alboroto. And yet Paul says, you know what? All that worked out. Todo eso obró por el bien. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, he says, So, through all of this, you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, that's the region around them. De esta manera se constituyeron en ejemplo para todos los creyentes de Macedonia y de Achaia. Get this, you started imitating us. And then others began to, to see you and want to imitate you. Imitaron a nosotros y ustedes empezaron a, a, a hacer un modelo. And he says this, the Lord's message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Partiendo de ustedes, el mensaje del Señor se ha proclamado no solo en Macedonia, en Acaya, sino en todo lugar. So I want us to get the picture here as we kind of sum up what we see here. 
the message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus comes to this town of Thessalonica. El mensaje llega a Thessalonica. How? With words, with power, with the Holy Spirit, with deep conviction, with imitation, with persecution. Llega el mensaje con palabras, poder, Espíritu Santo, profunda convicción, imitación, hasta persecución. And what happens? That sends shockwaves out. Shockwaves that go into the surrounding region, beyond the city, beyond the region, even into the rest of the known world. Eso envía ondas de choque hasta todo el mundo. The Lord's message rang out, it says. Mensaje del Señor se ha proclamado. Now, now the word in the original language of the Bible that's used there, rang out. The word is ex echeo in Greek, and griego la palabra es ex echeo. What does that mean? Literally, it means to echo out, to sound forth. There's waves going out. Es resonar, es hacer un echo para fuera. So Jesus comes to this little town, or a big town. We don't even know what size it was, but he comes to this city. And he begins to work in these people and then they catch the wave and they become like transmitters sending out the signal of Jesus out into the rest of the world. Ellos se convierten en, en transmisores que envían el mensaje y la señal de Jesús a todo el mundo. And then the cool thing is, is that the echo they send out echoes back to them. Luego viene un echo a ellos. Look at verse 9. He says this. They, that's the people out there, report what kind of reception you gave us. Ellos mismos cuentan de lo bien que ustedes nos recibieron. They're telling us how you turned God from idols to serve the living and true God. Ellos mismos cuentan de, de que como ustedes dejaron los ídolos para servir al Dios vivo y verdadero. And they're telling how you now, Thessalonians, are waiting for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. Jesus the one who rescues us. Dicen como ustedes esperan el cielo a Jesús, su Hijo, a quien resucitó, que nos libra del castigo venidero. The echo comes back. Hey, guess what? Something's happening in Thessalonica. Something powerful's happening. Oh, really? Yeah, we didn't know about that. Yes, we did. It's the ripple effect of the gospel. Es el efecto ondulante del evangelio. And it's a powerful thing. And what we're seeing described here, I believe, is not just something that happened here. This wasn't a one and done thing, a one-off. Esto no fue algo único. This is the way it was working throughout the ancient world, wherever Paul and his companions went, wherever the message of Jesus went. Así era. If you turn with me for just a second, we'll get a kind of a glimpse at that in another place, in another Greek city called Colossae, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. Colossenses capítulo 1, versículo 4. Paul's writing to Christians there, and he says, hey, we've heard about you. We've heard about your faith in Jesus. We've heard about your love for the believers. Uh, we've heard about the faith and love you have that springs from a hope you have in heaven uh, stored up there with the risen Jesus. Hemos escuchado su fe en Jesús, su amor por los santos, la esperanza que ustedes tienen. And all of this has come to you through the gospel. You heard about it in the word of truth, the message of good news. Ustedes escucharon eso en el evangelio que ha llegado hasta ustedes. And then Paul says, all over the world. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. 
since the day you heard about it. It's been growing with you too. Este evangelio está dando frutos y creciendo por todo el mundo tal como ha sucedido entre ustedes. He's describing the ripple effect of the gospel. It was in Colossae as well. The message was ringing out. Now what is this telling us about the church? ¿Qué nos dice de la iglesia? What it tells us, I believe, is that the church is a local gathering of God's people who have been impacted, impacted strongly by the message and the person of Jesus Christ. La iglesia es un, una congregación local de personas impactadas por el mensaje de, de Jesús. But that impact doesn't stay at the local level. It's not designed to do that. El impacto no debe estar solamente al nivel local. That impact has the potential, the power, the ability to emanate outward in waves of blessing that echo out beyond that local community into the rest of the world. Hay ondas que pueden emanar, ondas de bendiciones que dan un eco a todo el mundo. So the church in, in the New Testament, in the Bible, what we see is the church is a local congregation. It's a local gathering of the followers of Jesus Christ. But that local gathering is also tied to a global movement. Es una congregación local atada a un movimiento global. Think globally, act locally. Piensa globalmente, actúa localmente. Think globally, Act locally. Have you ever heard that phrase before? Some of you? Nobody? Some of you have? Well, guess where it comes from? It's actually attributed to the environmentalist movement. Es de los ecologistas. Think globally, act locally. What's the idea behind that? Well, the idea is this. We should be aware that out there in the Pacific Ocean, there is floating this big mass of garbage. It's called the Pacific Garbage Patch. Hay una isla de plástico flotando en el Pacífico, contaminando todo. We should know that that's out there. We should not be unaware of that. We should not forget that. Think globally. Hay que pensar globalmente. But pick up the trash in your own neighborhood. Pick up the plastic and recycle it right around you. That's how you affect that out there. Why? Because you don't want that plastic to end up in the Pacific garbage patch. You think globally, you act locally. Hay que recoger la basura de plástico donde vives en tu vecindario para que no esté parte, que no sea parte de ese parche en el Pacífico. Think globally, act locally. Now, that slogan might belong to the environmentalist movement. Maybe that's where it originated, but I think actually the principle behind that slogan is biblical. It's from God. Ese principio bíblico es de Dios. For God so loved the world. De tal manera amó Dios al mundo. God was thinking globally when he looked at the problem of sin and suffering and brokenness in our world. Dios pensaba a nivel global. God so loved the world. But God didn't just sit back and say, I love you, world. Here's an air hug. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of air hugs. I 
Right? That doesn't do too much. Dios no abrazó el mundo así, en el aire. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Dio a su hijo primogénito. Jesus came into our local scene. In human flesh, he was born. He was born in a little town called Bethlehem, right? Nació en Belén. He ministered in a region of the world called Galilee. You can still go there and see it. Ministro en Galilea. He died outside the city gates of a town, a city called Jerusalem, on a cross 2,000 years ago. God was thinking globally, but he acted locally. Dios pensaba globalmente, pero actuó localmente cuando envió a su hijo a morir en la cruz fuera de Jerusalén. And so, this is a principle of God. And I believe that based on what the word is teaching us here, that God wants us to experience in our lives and in the church the ripple effect of Jesus' death and resurrection. Where? In the local church. Jesús quiere que experimentemos el efecto ondulante de Jesús en la iglesia local. He wants us to, to experience Jesus and for Jesus to have an impact where we are so that we then, by following Jesus, being mature in Jesus, we can go out and be echoes of the gospel into the rest of the world. God wants us as well to think globally but to act locally to believe in him here and now. The church is to be the incarnation of Jesus in a local community. La iglesia es la encarnación de Jesús en una comunidad local. We are to be a body of people who have been affected by that great wave of Jesus Christ and his coming to the effect that it goes outside of us into the region and into the entire world. Because that's what the gospel does. Jesus Christ changes hearts. He changes lives. Wherever Jesus is, he changes people. He causes change. Donde va Jesús, él causa transformación. But you know what else? Wherever Jesus goes, it still causes riots. Hay alborotos también. And part of us thinking globally is to understand that there is opposition in our world today to the person and to the message of Jesus. Hay oposición al mensaje en la persona de Jesús. If you would, look with me at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and verse 9. Primero de Pedro 5, 8. It says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Su enemigo, el diablo, ronda como león rugiente buscando a quien devorar. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. Resistanlo manteniéndose firmes en la fe sabiendo que sus hermanos en todo el mundo están soportando la misma clase de sufrimientos. We need to understand that, that there is opposition to the impact that Jesus has in our world. Hay oposición al impacto de Jesús. I believe it was Danico who said earlier, you're maybe going through that opposition. You're maybe going through temptation or struggle or difficulty, maybe even opposition at work or, or somebody pushing against you. 
That is, that is very true, hay oposición personal, but this is not just talking about personal temptation. It's talking about the fact that where the church exists, there will be a pushback from some place. And what we need to understand as a part of thinking globally is that there are great garbage patches of persecution out in our world today. Hay isla de persecución en nuestro mundo. In places like China, where it's getting worse, not better. North Korea, Iran, India, just to name a few. Hay lugares como la China, Corea del Norte, Irán, India. These are places where people are being pressured and persecuted because like Jason 2,000 years ago, they dare to welcome Jesus into their homes and into their hearts. Hay personas perseguidas porque dan la bienvenida a Jesús a sus hogares y corazones. And they're being harassed, they're being beaten, they're being arrested, they're being burned and killed even for their faith. Hay personas arrestadas, golpeadas, hasta matadas por su fe. Are you aware of that? Are we aware of that? We need to be thinking globally about it. But the question then is, what do we do? ¿Qué hacemos? How can we, as a, as a small group of people in Tulare, California, or in Visalia, what difference can we make about Christians on the other side of the world who are going through persecution and suffering? We can resist the devil with them. Podemos resistir al diablo con ellos. We can pray, and that's no small thing. Podemos orar, and we should be praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters. We're going to do that today. We, sh we can also partner. We can partner in mission with Christians throughout the globe. And that's why I'm so excited about the ways we do partner at Sunrise. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you give here, we are actually using a portion of your gifts to partner with our mission partners in other places, in places I can't even mention right now. In, in Asia and in Africa, we have mission partners, missionaries. Tenemos misioneros en Africa, en Asia. And they are in dangerous places doing the work, reaching out in places where there is pushback to the message of Jesus, but they're having an impact through our support. And we also have other partnerships that we're forming. We're forming partnerships in Costa Rica right now. We've been planting and helping to plant churches down there just by coming alongside and blessing people. Tenemos pues relaciones en Costa Rica con iglesias allá. We hope to go later in the year uh, to, to go down there and encourage Christians there. And they are having an impact there and we want that impact to be felt there but they want, we want that impact to come back to us too. And then you saw the video with Frank and Vero how the persecution in Guatemala drove them here to Sunrise and then from Sunrise they're sent to Austin, Texas and from Austin, Texas now they have this dream to plant a church. La persecución les, les sacó a Frank Ibero de Guatemala acá y de acá a Austin y ahora quieren plantar una iglesia. So you see what we're talking about here is, is being willing to allow the shock waves of the gospel to come out from our lives and to affect the rest of the world. So part of making sense, I think, for us, making sense of church is to think globally but act locally. Hay que pensar globalmente, actuar localmente para comprender mejor que es la iglesia. We've been talking this year about moving towards maturity, and I want to put this in a different light. Moving towards maturity in your faith is not just about you. Avanzando la madurez no se trata de ti solamente. It's not just about what you can gain. 
You see, when you grow in your faith, when you take the next step, you actually can impact the world. Tú puedes impactar al mundo. You can send out a signal. And so my challenge would be for you to think about this, to understand that, that I believe the scriptures are clear. You cannot be a part of the church just globally. To be a part of the church of Jesus Christ means that you have a local commitment. Ser parte de la iglesia quiere decir un, un compromiso local. That you tie yourself to a local body. That's why as much as I love online worship, as much as I think that this is a tool for reaching out, we believe that we need to be tied locally, physically with one another. You just can't say, well, I'm a part of the church out there, floating around in the atmosphere. No, the church is local with a global impact. And so what's the next step that you can take to mature? ¿Qué paso puedes dar para madurar? We have a thing here where we talk about being mission partners at Sunrise. What does that mean? It means that, that you uh, go, go through a process. We have a process where we, we give you direction and we want you to take a, a formal step of saying, I am professing publicly my faith in Jesus Christ. That may involve baptism. It may be other steps in it that it involves. Tenemos un proceso de hacerse miembros o compañeros de misión profesando su fe y bautizándose. When you do that, you are sending out a signal. I believe that whenever we celebrate a baptism, whenever we have young people or older people up here saying, I believe in Jesus, it has an impact on somebody out there. And then somebody, inevitably, somebody comes to me and says, Pastor Russ, I want to be baptized too. I want to follow Jesus too. I want to get connected here too. Praise God. So if you're not connected, the invitation is there to get connected here. The more we grow locally, the more impact God has globally. Entre más crecemos acá, más impacto tenemos allá. We have a team of elders, myself, we'd love to talk to you about that. So please consider that. And I'd love to have that conversation. So I want to make my way down here to the table. Because uh, as we've been talking about this this morning, I realize that in a way, the Lord's Supper is like the echo of an explosion that emanated out from the cross when Jesus died 2,000 years ago. La Santa Cena es como el eco de una explosión que emanó de la cruz hace 2,000 años. And the invitation is for all who would let go of the past, repent of their sins, and embrace Christ by faith with deep conviction to come to this table and as we eat of the bread and drink of the cup, in a sense we're allowing a powerful wave to wash over us. Al tomar del pan y de la copa permitimos que una ola nos inunde. It's like a tsunami of an experience of Jesus' body and blood given for us. Es un tsunami, una experiencia del cuerpo y sangre de Cristo. And so that's the invitation as we come here. Open up. Take in. As you take in these physical elements, the bread and the cup, 
take in the gospel. Que reciban no solo el pan y la copa, sino el evangelio. Take it in with words, with power, with the Holy Spirit, with deep conviction, with a life that's going to imitate and follow Jesus and look to other mature witnesses as models and a life that's going to stand up with joy in the problems of every day. Que reciban esto con palabras, poder, convicción del Espíritu Santo, imitación de Cristo y hasta fuerza frente a la persecución. That's the plan. That's God's ripple effect of the gospel. Es el efecto ondulante del Evangelio. I want to invite you to pray with me. Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, right now we can't physically go to Jerusalem and to the foot of that cross where Jesus died. No podemos acudir a los pies de la cruz donde Jesús murió en Jerusalén. But in a sense, coming here is like coming to ground zero. This is a marker to remind us, to point to us, like Aaron said, to the past the present and the future, that it's all found in Jesus. Ese es como el lugar, el punto de partida para ver que todo, todo se enfoca en Jesús. Lord, we want to pray for the church, the church of Jesus Christ throughout the world. We want to pray right now for our mission partners. We want to pray for the Skeenstras and the Jones and others like them. Queremos orar por nuestros misioneros, Señor. We want to pray for the church in Costa Rica and the church in China that is suffering, the church in North Korea and India and Iran and so many other places. Oramos por la iglesia en la China, Irán, la India, la Corea del Norte. And we pray for the church in Tulare and in Visalia and we pray for sunrise, this local part of the body of Christ. Oramos también por la iglesia en nuestra región y hasta por esta iglesia comunidad amanece. Oh, Jesus, you are our rock. You are our rock. And may the impact of your coming to our lives not be insignificant. May each day, may there be a powerful opportunity for us to welcome you and to love others in your name. Que cada día podamos darte la bienvenida y amar a otros en tu nombre. We come humbly here. We are not worthy of this meal. Forgive our sins, Lord. And thank you that you have provided everything for us. This bread and this cup is not enough to nourish our bodies. Este pan y esta copa no puede alimentar a nuestros cuerpos mucho. But the body and the blood of Jesus is everything we need. Everything we need for eternal life. El cuerpo y la sangre de Jesús es lo que necesitamos para la vida eterna. So, Lord, we come to be with you and with one another in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Gracias, Jesús. It's in your name that we pray.
And all God's people say, amen. So I want to remind you what we're doing here. The Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, at that Passover meal, that meal celebrating and remembering the exodus where the lamb provided protection for the people. He took bread much like this and he broke it and gave it to his followers and said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. La misma noche en que Jesús fue entregado, tomó el pan dando gracias y lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, tomad, comed, ese es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido. Haced esto en memoria de mí. And after they had eaten, he also took the cup and he said, this cup is the new testament, the new covenant made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink of this, do this in remembrance of me. Tomó también de la copa y dijo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Haced esto cada vez que tomen de ella en memoria de mí. I want to invite our two serving elders to come forward right now. Invita a los ancianos a presentarse. And again, I want to make clear the invitation. The invitation is for any and all who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who are determined to follow him. And I would add, as a part of his local family, whether it's this local family or another Christ-centered church, you are welcome here. Si has confiado en el Señor Jesucristo y lo sigues acá, en esta familia o en otra iglesia cristiana, bienvenidos a la mesa. If you're not sure where you stand with Jesus, we're not wanting you to take a step you're not ready for, but you are welcome to be a part of this, to pray, to meditate, to give thanks in whatever way God would lead you. Si no estás listo para esto, puedes meditar, compartir en tu corazón con el Señor y observar.